Hello and welcome to EV Brief, your weekly podcast for electric vehicle and sustainable transport and renewable energy news from Australia and around the world. This is episode 25 and I'm your host, Jonathan McFeet. And on this week's show, EV sales figures for the full calendar year of 2019 are in. We'll look at which vehicles have performed well in Europe, China, North America and more, and what the future sales trends are. Meanwhile, in vehicle news, Tesla's Model Y appears due for imminent release. Mercedes-Benz announces more information on its iconic electric garbage truck due for release in 2022. We have news from BYD on battery tech and their first passenger car, the BYD Han. Harley-Davidson's Livewire electric bike is out in the Northern Hemisphere, but what's next in the e-bike pipeline for the American manufacturer? Ionity announces a shock increase in pricing on its European network. And 2019 was a bumper year for renewables investment around the world, including, surprisingly, the United States. Stay tuned for some insights into the energy space. These stories and more on this week's show. Let's get episode 25 underway. Kicking off with EV sales in 2019 and Inside EVs brings us numbers from the US market. There was a slight increase in battery electric vehicle sales with a total of 243,356 vehicles sold, of which 79% or 192,000 vehicles were from Tesla. Non-Tesla electric vehicles were up 16% in 2019, despite a reduction in federal EV tax credits for some EVs. Interestingly, as battery vehicles' range has increased, the number of plug-in hybrid vehicles sold decreased in 2019 in the US, down 31% on 2018 numbers to 86,173 vehicles last year. Over to Europe, Norway still holds the crown for the largest EV market share by country at 56%. Of that, 42% were BEVs and 14% were plug-in hybrid vehicles. Now that represents a 7% total market share gain for EVs over 2018. The top-selling spot went to Tesla's Model 3, with 15,693 cars finding homes in 2019, followed by 9,195 Volkswagen e-Golfs and 6,127 Nissan Leafs. Now, total sales in Norway were 60,316 battery EVs and 19,295 plug-in hybrid vehicles. While Norway may have the largest market share of EVs in Europe, Germany has taken the volume crown with around 110,000 plug-in vehicle sales in total last year. This includes a 59-41% split favouring battery vehicles over plug-in hybrid vehicles. Over in China, plug-in hybrids and battery vehicles are referred to as new energy vehicles and accounted for 4.7% of the total market, or 1.21 million vehicles. These official figures include passenger and commercial vehicles in China. While there was a slight fall in total vehicles from 1.26 million sold in 2018, market share increased and fossil-fueled vehicle sales actually declined in China by 2.36 million vehicles to 24.56 million in 2019. If you're after more numbers, according to motoring.com.au, Australia has also seen rapid growth in EV sales, with plug-in and battery sales combined doubling from 2018's figure of 15,680 vehicles to 33,566 last year. As we know, Tesla doesn't report individual regions' sales figures, but it's understood from an article today in the Australian media quoting a Tesla employee that uh, Tesla sold 3,793 vehicles last year, taking the total battery and plug-in total for Australia to 37,359 vehicles, or 3.5% of the market. Let's move away from the numbers now, but sticking with Tesla, their Model Y is becoming an increasingly common sight on US roads and at supercharger stations, as the company has more prototypes out testing before launch. 
This week, the NHTSA, or National Highway and Transportation Safety Administration, added the Model Y to its list of vehicles in its VIN database. Many people online have pointed out that this process happened for the Model 3 around one month before the vehicle deliveries commenced. We also have Model Y customers in the US and Canada with an allegedly confirmed delivery timeline of two weeks from Tesla sales staff. While Tesla hasn't announced any further details other than that the car will be available in 2020, I suspect that Tesla is deliberately keeping things low-key to firstly manufacture enough supply before launch and also to minimise cannibalisation of Model 3 sales. Now following recent news on the show that Volkswagen was having massive software issues with its soon-to-be-launched ID3, it appears that actual customer deliveries will now not take place until spring 2021. European customers have shared on Twitter confirmation emails from Volkswagen. Outlining price and specification details will be available in early 2020, followed by the following information, quote, In spring of next year, we will be in touch again inviting you to purchase your ID3 within a specific window of time, end quote. Now this is a big embarrassment for Volkswagen and is one more example of how the traditional automakers are finding this whole EV thing a little harder than they expected. Even when they design and build a completed EV, they still lack the skills or numbers of software engineers to overcome issues like this. While the 12-month wait is disappointing, I don't think fears expressed online around storage and battery degradation of already produced vehicles is an issue. Manufacturers, logistics companies and dealerships are used to transporting and storing vehicles all the time, and I expect Volkswagen will have a plan to deal with maintaining the vehicle's batteries. In other VW news, the ID4 crossover based on the MEB platform is due to be unveiled at the New York Auto Show in April, and it's rumoured to hold an 83kWh battery pack with 300 horsepower from two electric motors. Garbage and waste collection trucks are noisy, polluting beasts on our city streets, but uh, they only really drive at set distances less than 100 kilometres, and they're also required to stop constantly. Mercedes-Benz has announced its Econic will launch in 2022, a year after its E-Actros. The parent company Daimler Trucks has announced trials of the Econic will commence in 2021 with selected municipal customers in Europe. I anticipate the Econic will do well. With stricter EU emissions regulations coming into effect, emissions-free waste vehicles will be a winner for residents and governments alike. Less noise and fewer emissions during early morning collections, and good energy efficiency through constant regenerative braking and reduced running costs should see governments able to easily justify the higher purchase price through the vehicle's total cost of ownership. BYD is a name that is most often associated with buses in the automotive world, but last week the Chinese automaker released pictures of its new Han sedan. Information is limited at this stage, but BYD will offer two pure electric versions and a plug-in hybrid version. BYD says there will be a single-motor rear-drive version with 218 horsepower and an all-wheel-drive version with dual motors and 268 horsepower. In the hybrid version, a 2-litre turbocharged four-cylinder engine will be paired with a trio of electric motors for an output of 476 horsepower. Range is speculated to be around 450 kilometres for the battery versions, but BYD hasn't confirmed these details. It's expected BYD will launch the Han with a new generation of lithium-ion phosphate batteries, featuring improved longevity and efficiency, as well as reduced manufacturing costs. An internal slideshow leaked on Twitter shows a 50% higher energy density than current BYD batteries, a calculated lifetime range of 1.2 million kilometres, and crucially an estimated cost reduction. 
Tesla and other battery manufacturers have been aiming for a battery price of circa $100 per kilowatt hour by 2020. According to the internal slideshow from BYD, the company can achieve a price of 600 yuan per kilowatt hour, or around 87 US dollars in today's money. The Han should debut at the Beijing Auto Show in April, followed by a Q3 2020 customer launch date. Ionity has announced a shock price shakeup for its European charging stations, with the network moving to a price per kilowatt hour rate of 79 euro cents from January 31 for drive up non subscription customers, rather than the current fixed 8 euro rate per charging session. For comparison, Tesla's supercharger network currently charges 28 euro cents per kilowatt hour. I will point out that Ionity is made up of a consortium of European manufacturers such as BMW, Daimler, Volkswagen Group, and Hyundai. EV customers with a subscription through their manufacturer, or indeed another company like Shell or BP, will be able to access discounted charging rates at Ionity stations. It appears this move is structured to support the expansion of the Ionity network as well as those manufacturers funding it, to encourage additional manufacturers to join the consortium, and dare I say with the increase in Tesla Model 3 sales, to discourage and penalise Tesla owners from using anything other than their proprietary Tesla superchargers. You can read more via the link in the show notes. In other news on European charging networks, as we go to air, the French oil company Total has been awarded Europe's largest concession contract for 20,000 public EV chargers in the Netherlands from the metropolitan region Amsterdam Electric. All power consumed by the chargers will be sourced from renewables, and Total plans to implement smart charging technologies to support the charge point infrastructure and balance the grid. Total has an ambitious plan for 150,000 charging points in Europe by 2025, and combined with its reseller partnership with ChargePoint and acquisition of French company G2 Mobility in 2018, this new contract with the Netherlands should go a considerable way to meeting this ambitious target. Harley-Davidson's first electric bike, the Livewire, is already in the hands of the press and is making its way out to first customers, but Electric brings us a story that Harley-Davidson has a smaller, cheaper, mid-power electric bike in the works, with the company releasing a sketch of the concept. The bike is expected to appeal to younger riders with a single-seat setup, a smaller battery and less power than the -the top-of-the-line Livewire. Harley-Davidson stated that we'll see the new mid-power bike by, quote, 2022 at the latest. Finally on the show, the United States has hit a record level for investment in renewables last year, with $55.5 billion in projects in the pipeline, making it second only to China, who had $83.4 billion in renewables investments. Worldwide investment hit $282.2 billion, according to a report from Bloomberg. Of the US's total figure, on- and offshore wind led the investments boom, with $138.2 billion up 6% on 2018 investment. Total solar investments were around $131 billion. According to Bloomberg, a last-quarter push in on- and offshore wind projects on the back of strong confidence from Europe and China led to these results, along with the approach of expiring tax credits for renewables projects in the US and an expected expiry of renewables feed-in tariffs in China. Bloomberg expects greater renewables investment in the Middle East in 2020, on the back of the United Arab Emirates completing its 1.7 gigawatt solar farm mid-last year. Disappointingly, Australian investment in large-scale renewables was at odds with global trends and plummeted 56% year-on-year, according to Bloomberg, with just 3.2 billion US dollars for new projects. 
Confidence in long-term national energy policy, issues with the grid and transmission systems have seen investor confidence fall in Australia, at least when it comes to large-scale projects. Leonard Kwong, Bloomberg New Energy Finance Energy Analyst, summarised the situation, quote, Australia's major political parties took ideologically opposed clean energy platforms to the May 2019 federal election, once again stymieing any hope of long-term policy certainty. Conditions across Australia's thinly spread out electricity network continued to deteriorate. Falling loss factors cut revenue expectations for many, curtailment began to bite for some and connection delays were a major source of pain for a few, end quote. The only good news on Australia's front was the 15% increase in small-scale solar with $2.4 billion US dollars of investment. And that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening to episode 25 of EV Brief. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite platform and catch us now on YouTube. My name is Jonathan. Thanks so much for listening to EV Brief and we'll see you next week.